from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. became the mighty battle cat and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 185, The Kessel Run. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm John. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, uh, it's been a little it's been a little time since uh, we've gotten together, even you and I, John. It's, it's been a little bit of time, so uh, it was about time we uh, not only got together, but it's also been some time since we've even touched on anything that could be a Kessel Run. Um, uh, I think it's been, has it been a year since we touched on Micronauts? <laughs> It's it's been a year at, at least at least. Okay. So I'm I'm glad we were able to do it tonight. Yeah, and we're gonna definitely do more uh, frequently with this one. I I have it in my mind to keep doing more of these episodes. So, um, for those that are not aware, if you're new to the show, and we have had a lot of new listeners, um, what the Kessel Run is is we cover an issue from the '80s uh, based on one of the properties that we cover, whether it be Star Wars, GI Joe, whatnot. Uh, and we always pick up where we left off. So uh, I know with Star Wars, I haven't touched a Star Wars issue in a while, but I think we left on that one. I left off on like issue 10 or 11. I have to go back and check. Same thing with G.I. Joe. Um, we've done a Thundercats issue here, uh, issue or two. We've, I've done a Sectars one. But, John, you and I have been doing Micronauts, and we've only done two issues so far. Um but uh, this is a series I know is near and dear to both of our hearts. We really love this series. Uh, so, like I said, Kessel Run is is just that. We pick up. We're doing a run. Of, we're doing the whole run of the series eventually. Um, it one issue at a time. Uh, sometimes we might do more than one issue, but uh, this today we'll be covering one issue. So uh, I'm excited to get back to doing it again. I am too. I I I, I tell you, I was kind of boning up for tonight reading reading through again and this this particular issue i really feel like it's where it started to pick up the the fun part or they kind of got in their groove so look i'm definitely looking forward to talking more about it 
Yeah, and it didn't take a, a six-issue or seven-issue story arc to get to the fun part. <laughs> yeah, it's not a second trade, believe it or not. We're talking issue yeah. three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so there are some things we wanted to talk about before we get into the actual issue. Uh, we've both been pretty active doing stuff. Uh, I went to Wizard World, Cleveland, just recently. And uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Uh, and... Uh, so first off, I did get a press pass, which I was actually honestly amazed that I got a press pass for Wizard World because I know sometimes they can be kind of particular with with that. Um, but then I realized, and I mentioned this to my wife, and I said, you know, on the website when you look at it, I have one point. We have one point three million downloads, and uh, my wife was like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, got one point three million downloads," and I showed it to her on the website and everything else, and. She goes, I didn't know you had that much. And I was like, I was like, honey, I've been trying to tell you all along. I'm a big deal. <laughs> she goes, I know you're a big deal, but I didn't know you're 1.3 million big deals. <laughs> so, uh, so that was, that was pretty awesome when I realized that. Cause I, obviously we owe it all to the listeners out there. Uh, cause I'm sure certainly not downloading it 1.3 million times. Um, but it comes out to roughly about like six to seven thousand per episode, uh, which is a pretty hearty amount of listeners, which is awesome. Um, but I think a lot of times uh, things like Wizard World and everything else, they look at that and they see that number and they're like, "All right, let's let this guy go to the show because he has a lot of people listening to him." So <laughs> um, the thing I was most excited about, and unfortunately we didn't get to record anything together, was Chuck came with me. Uh, so, uh, Chuck and I got back together to, uh, to go to a con and him and I were talking and we think it's been probably since the beginning of the show, since him and I went to a convention together where it was just him and I. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. We're talking eight years, seven, eight years? Probably about six to seven years. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Um, cause there was the one convention him and I went to, I remember, I think I even announced it on the show that it was like my first convention ever. Uh, which was like an Akron convention. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's the, that's the last time him and I went to a show together where no one else went. It was just him, him and I hanging out. So that was really cool. Um, took some video and took a bunch of pictures and those are going to be on the YouTube channel, which I wanted to touch on for a brief second here. I know there hasn't been anything out on the YouTube channel for weeks. Uh, the reason, one of the reasons why is because I recorded a bunch of episodes and then when I went to go do the editing on them, I found that the sound just completely crapped out on me with those. Uh, you could hear a lot of static, a lot of whistles and pops and everything. It was really bad. Uh, I didn't want to put it out there. So I have to re-record some of that stuff, uh, but I'm going to first put out the Wizard World coverage episode. Uh, which will have photos that we took there and videos we took there, and I'll be talking a little bit more about my experience there. But the big thing related to the podcast I wanted to mention when it came to Wizard World is uh, a potential interview we're going to have, uh, which is Guy Gilchrist was there, and he is one of the original cartoonists for the uh, Muppet Babies and the 1980s Ninja Turtles cartoon. That's great. Very so, cool. Yeah, so I talked with him, and uh, I said, well, and he, he, to give you an idea what type of character he is, I said, uh, you know, we do a podcast, Do you would you be interested in coming on? And he goes, no, I'm very antisocial. 
And I and he said it very straight face, and I was like, oh okay, well you know. And he goes, no, I'm just kidding. He goes, no, I'm just kidding. That's all right. He goes, I do that stuff all the time. <laughs> and uh, he said the one question he always gets, so we'll have, I have to make sure we ask him this on the episode, is he says he always gets asked whatever happened to Skeeter, because of course all the other Muppet Babies characters have an adult counterpart. Sure. But Skeeter does Skeeter not. Skeeter didn't, right? So he always gets asked whatever happened to Skeeter. And he said every time he gets asked that, he comes up with a new quest, new answer for it, for it. <laughs> That's awesome. So he says sometimes she's over in Africa, you know, helping out, you know, building farms and huts and everything. And sometimes she's helping Sarah McLaughlin with, you know, raising money for puppies and everything else. And I said, yeah, I could see Skeeter doing those types of things. He says, oh, yeah, it's always something that I could see Skeeter doing. Like, she would have grown up to be, like, a social justice person. So <laughs> so she didn't join the, the she didn't join the uh, Delta Force or the... No. <laughs> well, we don't know. Maybe <laughs> the, the Green Berets or something. And she, she's hanging Maybe. out in the jungles, take, kicking ass and taking names, right? Who knows? Maybe when we, when we talk to them, it will be that. So... <laughs> Something life affirming. That that's that, that that's awesome. I, that'll be uh, that'll be fun. I look forward to setting that up. Yeah, for sure. So uh, so he gave me his business card and everything else, and I got a uh, Ninja Turtle sketch from him because he he does what our buddy Shannon does is when he's at a convention, he'll just kind of draw if he doesn't have anything commissions to do, he'll just kind of draw some sketches, loose sketches, and then he puts them up for sale. Uh, and at a, at a lower rate than he would like a full blown commission and stuff like that. So, so I got a, I got a Leonardo, although it looks a little bit more like Michelangelo holding Leonardo's sword, but yeah. I'll take, I'll take it. It looks pretty awesome. So that's great. Yeah. So, uh, so I did that that weekend and, uh, like I said, I'll talk more about that on the YouTube, uh, review. Uh, no, I'm curious. Did, did you, did you meet any, you know, I, I I've not done wizard shows because I don't have a million downloads and they haven't given right. me a press pass. But uh, <laughs> so, but but did you? And part of it too is I, I am not necessarily into the celebrity thing. I yeah. will say, wizard, if you're listening, if you ever do one close again, uh, if you do have Debbie Gibson like you did out in Portland, I think it was Portland or Seattle, one of the shows <laughs> they had out there. If you have Debbie Gibson, I'll come in a heartbeat. But uh, I, did you meet any celebrities or did you? You know, getting any autograph lines? So I, I did not get anything autographed. The only thing I thought about getting autographed or getting an autograph from was uh, Kevin Conroy was there. And okay, yeah. You know, you know my love for uh, the animated sure. series. Um, however, he wasn't there at the morning that I was there, and there was a sign saying he was going to be there around one thirty. But then one thirty came, and he still wasn't there. And we, to, in all honesty, when it comes to Wizard World, like, there's not a whole lot of comic presence there, as you well know. Uh, yes, I'm aware. So um, there wasn't a lot to keep us there very long. There wasn't even a whole lot of comic retailers there. Uh, the few that were there had pretty good prices on stuff and everything, but um, but there just wasn't a big comic presence there at all. Um, so we just decided to leave. I was like, I'm not going to wait around to see if he shows up. Um, I heard he's awesome to meet and everything else. Uh, we did get, we did take pictures at a distance of, uh, Dean Kane and oh. Lou, Fer Lou Ferrigno and Gene Simmons, who were all there. Um, I took some pictures of some vehicles that were there, uh, which was, uh, there was a, the vehicle from, uh, super, the show Supernatural, which I absolutely love. The DeLorean was there. Uh, the Batman 66 Batmobile was there. Uh, the real Sanford and Son vehicle, the one from the TV show, was there. The truck? 
The truck, yes. Oh, cool. So that was there. Um, it was funny talking when I was talking to, uh, I talked to one of the guys by the Supernatural vehicle, and they said Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, they were at a show where Jeffrey Dean Morgan was there, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan played the father of the two brothers on the show. Uh, oh. and, and he also plays Negan, who's a character from The Walking Dead. And uh, so Negan is known for bashing the head of a couple characters. And uh, so what he did was they had a, he came by, I guess, after the show was over. Uh, he had been signing autographs all day, and they said that he could not have been nicer. He was really impressed by the vehicle and everything else. And they had a replica of the bat that the character Negan uses to bash the heads of people. And there, in an episode of Supernatural, that bat actually appears in it, and uh, Dean I, picks it up and goes, you know, I think it was Dean that picks it up and goes, Dad loved this thing. Uh, <laughs> so they, uh, he took the bat, the replica bat that they had, and they took a cardboard cutout of Dean and had it bent down as if he's on his knees and held the bat up as if he was about to bash Dean's head in. Um, and they got a picture of that. So that was really cool. Um, so I love, and, and that's the thing, like even the celebrity stuff, if you hear stories like that, that's the stuff that I really enjoy hearing. So, um, Tom Cook was also there. Tom Cook did a, a lot of the animation stuff for, uh, He-Man Masters Universe, uh, Brave Star, um, uh, uh, Thundar the Barbarian, stuff like that. Um, I asked him if he did interviews. He does not. So, um, not when it comes to Skype and everything else, but so, which was fine. He was super nice. Uh, I almost wanted, I wanted to buy, I shouldn't say I almost bought it cause there were, I wasn't going to, but I wanted to buy, he had an original animation cell from He-Man the Master Universe that had Man at Arms on it and Evil Lynn. Um, it was $175, which isn't too bad for an original piece like that. But, uh, yeah, $175 is a bit steep for me. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but you know, you never know. I mean, I, you know, it's, uh, that is, uh, it, it's been interesting. And I know we did a con show before and we're not going to get into it too deep here, but I, I, I have really struggled as I'm looking around this year, kind of planning my con season. You know, the, unfortunately, the, the sketch market just keeps going up and up and up. And, yeah. and I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I just, yeah. it makes me sad because I, you know, I've been really fortunate over the last seven, six, seven years doing it. But, uh, yeah. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to become much more selective. Oh, yeah. I'll be getting all unknowns, uh, you know, other than Dean Cotts and the guys that we know. Uh, right. Just, it's, it's just gotten, I, I saw several things out of Emerald City and, uh, especially Emerald City. I saw a lot of stuff coming out of there on one of the board, one of the groups I'm on on Facebook and people post the prices and I just, I almost choked. I mean, I, uh, so another time, another story for another day, but, uh, uh, yeah, it, I'm glad it was good. I'm glad it went well. And yeah, we had I'm, a good time. I'm, I'm glad Chuck went. I'm sorry. He didn't wear a shirt to, yeah, to uh, memorialize the occasion, but uh, he uh, he did wear he did wear a, a, a lanyard that had the Star Joe's logo on it. So okay, uh, so so he at least did that to let people know what he was there for. And um, but yeah, we had we had a good time. Like I said, it, it again we were there for like three to four hours, which for a convention is in my eyes is not a very long time to be there. Um, 
And it's just because, again, there wasn't a lot there for us to really spend time doing. So um, for other people that, like, my wife was absolutely amazed at, like, she never looked at the prices for some of this stuff and everything else. And she was, like, she was amazed at, like, the cost for celebrity autographs plus paying to get in and all that type of stuff. And she's like, people really do. I was like, oh, yeah, people will drop, you know, almost $1,000 just on autographs and stuff like that if they can get enough people at the show that they want to get autographs from. So, because um, I think, like, Gene Simmons, I think, was, like, 120 or 125 just for him. Oh, man, that's crazy. And he spent no time with the people either. He just, he looked down, he would sign something. He took pictures. Like, he wasn't mean or anything like that or, like, rude. He just didn't really, like, interact with anyone. And I'm thinking for, like, 120 some dollars, you better, like, at least talk to me for a second or two. Well, so. I, I think if you've ever followed any of, of his shenanigans, you know, he is an, he is all business. And yeah, that doesn't that's not surprising. I, you know, last year, it's interesting you talk about Wizard and we were talking a little bit before the show started. Uh, we had Wizard World was in Richmond. I guess they did three years here. And last year did not. The turnout was so low. That yeah. they didn't, they're not, they're, they canceled. They're not coming back. Yeah. And Gene Simmons was one of the main guests. Interestingly enough, Kiss did a show here in Richmond the Friday night before the show. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting how they kind of tied those two. Yeah. The rest of the guys in the band didn't stay. It was just Simmons. So. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it was good and I'm glad, glad you guys had a good time and got to hang out and. Yeah. Well, and I will say Wizard also like sent an email saying, you know, let us know of any material you got that you put out that, you know, for anyone that had press passes that you put out covering the show and let us know what we could be doing better and everything else. So if anyone from Wizard's listening to this, the thing you could do better is, in my opinion, is I understand you're a multimedia type thing. So you have your celebrity guests and stuff like that, and that's great. That's fine. But if you want people to stay longer at the show, you need to improve your artist alley. You need to have a big artist alley presence with comic artists and have more comic retailers there. Because then here's why. Here's the absolute truth reason why. Not just because I'm selfishly like saying I want more comic artists. Uh, that's a little bit of it. But <laughs> it's because we were just talking about sketches and everything else. You get comic artists there and people are getting commissions. They stay longer because the artists have to draw their pictures. So someone has to stick around for a few hours because someone's drawing something for them. Well, they're more likely to keep wandering around. And guess what happens when they wander around? They see more stuff. They want to spend more money. Like it, this is why shows like we go to like Baltimore and everything else have so many people there all day long. There's things to see. When it comes to Artist Alley, there is just stuff to see there. Um, I talked to some people I work with that have gone the past two years. I have not, I did not go the past two years, but they went the past two years and they said there was a lot more of a artist present there the last couple years where this year it was way more pop culture stuff. And like I said, the pop culture stuff's nice, but you look at it, you take a picture of it and you move on. Uh, you spend a few seconds and that's it. Uh, I know that we have a friend that, uh, went there for one person's autograph and then he left. So it's, but you know, it's, it's interesting you say that. And I'm kind of, kind of interested that this has turned into the conversation it is, but you know, we had our one day show, Virginia con show. And of course we had no guests. We had no, 
We had no uh, major artists, uh, you know, local guys that are awesome, but no, you know, big name going to bring people in the doors. Right. Right. We did that show uh, about six weeks ago and it was the largest one day attended show we've ever had. Yeah. And people came and it, it was interesting because the, the dynamic people were buying comics, which I always like to see. Sure. So they were buying comics. They were buying pop figures, which I'll yep. get over. It, but, but you know, I think to your point, we have decided that we are going to be a comic book show. We certainly have some pop culture guests and things sure. that come in, but it's a comic book show. And I think that, you know, there are so many shows now. It will be very interesting. I, I still believe in the next five years, if that you're going to see a lot of the, the small shows, they're going to, they're going to fade away because the, the audience just isn't going to hang around, you know, yeah. for whatever reason, either it, it's the same people every time or, you know, they're, they're not involved in the, con- there's not enough to keep them coming back. Yeah. You know, if it's not artists, if it's not comic book dealers, toy dealers, whatever it may be. And I think that's what happened with Wizard is they they had at the last show here in Richmond. And I think we talked about it. A listener that, you know, facts checks us can get this. Make sure I I think I said on the, the last time we talked about Wizard Richmond, they had four comic book dealers. Yeah. Four. Yeah. I mean, what? what that I think that, that's all we had, too. I honestly think that that's all we had. But I know, too, at least in the past, as I've heard. Is that their tables are, are not cheap? No, and and it's in a major endeavor to go, especially the Wizard Show last year was I think the weekend after Richmond, and mm-hmm. or Richmond, I'm sorry after Baltimore. And so if you're an East Coast person or you're going to kind of make an East Coast trip, go to Baltimore and be there all the way you know through Monday and then come, kind of find a place to hang and then come to Richmond for three days. If you're that comic book dealer and you don't make any money, you're not going to come back because right. the tables are expensive. I don't make any money, so. Right. I, it, it it's an interesting dynamic. It, it it really does feel like ever. I mean, we have friends that are. It seems like they're going to shows every weekend. Yeah. And and again, at some point, I, I just I truly believe that there is going to be some type of something's going to have to happen because you can't have so many shows and have enough people, at least creators and dealers, to go around to work them all. Right. You know, and and right. You know, this year, for example. Heroes and Awesome Con are the same weekend. Yeah. And that's crazy. However, list for heroes. It's all comic book people. Guess who number one on the Awesome Con list? The man who won't go away, the living legend Stan Lee. Yeah. Now he's already canceled two shows this year. My gut tells me he might cancel on them, but right now he's the he's the major guest, and then they have a couple of doctors and a couple assistants or you know doctor yeah. people you know it's four or five doctor who people yeah so that's not companions and stuff yeah, yeah that, that's not a comic book show man that's a pop no. culture thing with a with the figurehead of comic books right and, uh, you know that <laughs> and i will say and and in all honesty this this came from people that this also came from people that i work with that went to the show who had like i said had been there in past years they were disappointed in this year's uh, set up and how everything was laid out and they're not the biggest comic book people in the world they like the pop culture stuff which hey that's your thing that's great but they were even like yeah this wasn't the show that we've seen the last couple of years it seemed like there wasn't as much of a comic book presence what was a big presence is they had this huge video game thing in the middle and i think they thought that was going to draw people there 
but no one really seemed did, to be paying attention to that a whole did, lot. Did they have did they have the magic shows going? They had some magic shows going, That's, yeah. That was the big thing here in Richmond last year and people were actually talking about, oh, magic, you know, they had these magic shows and I think part of that is your is your audience and understanding. So we had I met two guys at our show a few weeks ago. And they said, oh, we've never been here. Oh, it's awesome, guys. I'm glad you came. Oh, we always go to Wizard. Oh, okay. Well, we're not Wizard. And so right. know if they had a great time, they may have loved it. Of course, it was also $10 to get in as a, or whatever it was, 15 right. as opposed to 40 Right. It's not the same thing. And so, you know, already you've got a, a different audience and a different level of expectation. Yeah. Uh, I, I was kind of stunned when the guy told me that. He's like, oh, we only, we've only ever done Wizard. Wow, that's that's a heck of a show to start. And Right. You know, the, a lot of the audience going in doesn't understand there's a lot of cost involved. So if you go to meet Gene Simmons, you're yeah. paying 40 bucks to get in and then you're going to pay a hundred dollars to get his autograph or yeah. $50 yeah. or whatever it is. Uh, one of, one of my boy's friends, his, his mother called one night and was talking to me and said, Oh, we're looking at going to wizard. It was when Burt Ward and, uh, Adam West were here. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to Wizard World Richmond. Oh, cool. Are you ready to pay? Are you going to are you, make sure you take your wallet? She's like, what do you mean? I said, well, you want to meet Adam West, right? Yeah. Okay, well, a picture is 75 or 100 and autographs 50 or 100. What? Oh, yeah, you don't just pay to get in and you get free stuff. Right. <laughs> You're going to pay through the nose because right. that's how these people make their money. And she was stunned. Yeah. She had no clue. And, of course – I said, go to their website. Most of them have, yeah. to credit, they tell you what stuff costs. Oh, they yeah. not going because they said, well, it's going to cost us $150 to get in, and then we don't get anything to, you know, nothing to show for our trouble. So Right, right. Anyway. Well, enough enough wizard talk. Uh, yes. You, you had, you've had two, you have two musical experiences happening this year one already happened tell us about uh tell us about the bon jovi thing yes so uh so i i my favorite band i've mentioned on the show before my favorite band of all time is bon jovi my favorite individual performer of all time is billy joel uh i am seeing both of them this year so this is like an awesome year uh i had never seen bon jovi in concert before uh every time he came around i had something else going on i just wasn't gonna be able to go um, so this is my first Bon Jovi concert. It was amazing. I loved every second of it. He was playing a lot of songs from his new album, but he pulled out the classics. Uh, so many songs from his new, new Jersey album, which is one that I grew up listening to backwards and forwards and every other way. Um, you know, of course they came out and did the encore, did three songs as encore. And of course they closed the night with living on a prayer. Uh, the whole audience was singing Wanted Dead or Alive. They were singing Living on a Prayer. They were singing uh, You Get Love, Bad Name, uh, Bad Medicine. Uh, like, all of the songs, you, pretty much all the songs you want them to sing, they sang. And then you got to hear a lot of their new stuff, too. And their new stuff is nothing to sneeze at, either. Uh, the guy is in his 50s, I want to say. And he is still rocking it as if he's in his 20s. The energy level that he had on the stage was awesome. He uh, he told some some stories and stuff such behind some of the songs from the new album as to like why they they did certain things. Um, it was amazing. 
Uh, it was absolutely amazing. They put on one hell of a show. The other thing that they did, which I thought was really cool, and I and from my understanding, they're doing this at every place that they go to, is their opening band was a local band. So they oh, cool. had like some type of auditions where local bands could submit their music or whatever, and then one was chosen to open for Bon Jovi at in Cleveland. So, um, the band that opened up was called the Ohio Weather Band, and uh, they were pretty good. They they did a really good job. But I love that whole thought of like you go to the town and you pick a local band to open for you. Um, had to be amazing for them to be like i mean they played like five songs or something like that and then they're like okay and here's bon jovi but what <laughs> publicity and and you know it's good it's great for bon jovi not only does it give you a local band pub but you know yeah. quite honestly there's not that cost to you know yeah you're not really splitting the bill with somebody no <laughs> giving giving them, giving them some props and yeah that'll give them a nice bump in terms of uh you know people checking them out local that's awesome heck, heck yeah and uh, it was at the Q Arena, which is where the Cavs play and, and uh, everything else. And the place was packed. Um, it was it was a great concert. I really can't praise it enough. Uh, definitely in, in probably like my top top three concerts I've been to. That's great. Um, although I will obviously I, I kind of imagine Billy Joel's might bump it to f- number four or five. So, <laughs> hey, so I don't I don't follow Bon Jovi anymore. Richie Sambor is not with them anymore, right? He is not. He is not. Okay. So it, the guitar player is unknown? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, their new album just came out like a couple months ago or something like that. It's called This House Not For Sale. Okay. Um, and uh, they played that song. They played a couple other ones on off of it that – like I said, I thought the new music was really good. I actually leaned over to my wife and was like, uh, I think we need to get this album. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was really, really good stuff. Uh, the thing I love with, with Bon Jovi is almost every song, because of how his voice is and everything else, almost every song almost sounds like an anthem. Um, and, uh, and he's got a little bit of country sound to him sometimes. He's got that rock sound to him. I mean, it's, it's just, He's one of those guys that I could hear sing his grocery shopping list, and I'd be like, "Yeah, that's awesome." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I loved the concert. I absolutely uh, had a blast. Uh, totally looking forward to Billy Joel later in the year, which will be in July. Um, like I said, it's it's a good year uh, for sure when it comes to that stuff. But yeah, I got to got to live that that eighties dream of seeing Bon Jovi and and uh, singing some of those songs and the whole just. My wife and I have said this many times, like, to, it has to be so surreal to be on that stage and have that many people that know your songs and they're singing them back to you. Like, that's gotta just blow his mind sometimes when he takes a step back and realizes that that's happening. So. I'd say the same thing for the fact that somebody like Brian Lang can listen to all our shows and know no more about them than we do. That's kind of my point. On, on our level, let's just say it. I mean, that's you know, oh yeah. The- well, that's the th- that was the thing when I like mentioning earlier the 1.3 million downloads. It was like, wait, people have downloaded us that many times. That's just it blows my mind. I'm eternally grateful for it, but I'm just like, yeah, like. It, it's crazy. Like you said, we, we're a lot smaller uh, version of all that, but it's still, it still boggles your mind no matter what. So I, I, I wanted to bring up one quick thing too. This, yeah. this is kind of an errata for the uh, movie episode that we did last. 
And, uh, you know, I, I can't believe I, I, I was talking out of my, uh, hind end on, on something. So, uh, when, uh, when Shannon was talking about Highlander and the fact that, you know, the bad guy being the Kurgan that, you know, the Kurgan was the same voice as, uh, Mr. Crab on SpongeBob. And I said, Oh, it's Brian Doyle Murray. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Yeah, that's not Brian Doyle Murray. It's actually Clancy Brown, who was also <laughs> rawhide in, Buckaroo Banzai, which for those of you who care, it's on Amazon Prime right now for uh, for your viewing pleasure. But the other thing I wanted to talk to mention, and this was so cool, um, Jonathan Robinson, who's one of our listeners, sent me a note uh, uh, in the beginning of this week. And we were, you know, we talked on that show. I talked about the movie Heat, mm-hmm. and uh, Jonathan sent me a note, and he said, "Hey, I just got done listening to the show. I can confirm that Wild Card is a remake of Heat." I was the sick, second AC on the A camera, which I assume means assistant cameraman, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And the director of photography was Shelley Johnson, who did the first Captain America. Oh, wow. I thanked Jonathan for sharing. I think it's bananas that we have connections in places that, and, and people listening to us that, oh, yeah, by the way, I worked on this movie and you're, you know, anyway. So I just, yes. had, I wanted to bring that up too. So I wanted, I thanked Jonathan. You know, via via note, just saying, hey man, thanks for listening, but thanks for clarifying it. But it's, I was like, holy cap, crap, this guy worked on this movie, and yeah, we here we are talking about. It. Oh yeah, I, I, you you're right. This is what it was about. So oh yeah, well that's, that's, and, that that stuff always blows my mind too. Hell, John, the fact that I talk to on a more personal level with people like Robert and Shannon, which would have never happened before, uh, you know, before doing this, like. Robert was a listener and I didn't even know he was listening. You know, it's like we never know who's listening that we're not aware of and their connections to stuff. Like we, we just don't know, but that's kind of, it's kind of fun when you discover those things and you're like, holy crap, somebody like worked on this or did that and they, and they like what we're doing. Like that's, well, I, I, I just had to, I had to mea culpa for not knowing Clancy Brown in the first <laughs> embarrassing. Shout out to Jonathan. And, hey, Adam F. Goldberg, if you're listening, I still want to get you on the show. Goldberg's nice. just kicked into high gear this year, and there have been some phenomenal episodes. And, yeah, man, you want to talk about GoBots or whatever you want to talk about, right. come on. We want to have you. Oh, and I don't know if you saw the late, one of the latest episodes. He was going to change his name because the yes. other Adam Goldberg, and it was going to be Adam Cobra Commander. Hell, yes. yeah, man. This guy, you've got to come on our show. It's yeah. got to happen. No doubt. No doubt. So, Maybe he wants to talk Micronauts with us. Maybe. That'd be awesome. So, well, before we jump into Micronauts, yes. uh, I do have a voicemail from our good buddy Chewy. Yes. So uh, so we've not heard from Chewy in a while. Uh, John, I think you actually called him out on it at one point and said, I hey, we have- <laughs> I don't think Chewy's left a voicemail since I joined. <laughs> I, I really don't. I, I, I can't remember. And... I made a comment about it, and Chewy said something on Facebook, and I was so stoked when I saw it, and so I'm looking forward to hearing it. Okay. All right. Here we go. Star Joes, how are you? Chewy, long time no call. Hope things are well. Uh, you know, I really don't have a whole lot to uh, – I, I don't have a whole lot to, to report at this time. Uh, I know it's been a while since you guys have gotten a voicemail, so I figured I'd, I'd uh, call in to make sure that you guys had at least one. Uh, I wanted to, uh, I know Ryan, I think you were collecting the Star Wars Black series, or at least some of them. Uh, I wanted to know your thoughts on, 
on the recent figures. I, I don't know if you if you're all in on that line. Um, I unfortunately am all in. Um, I found it very interesting that uh, Walgreens got the exclusive C-3PO, and in my opinion, they got the better version of the figure. They got the C-3PO that was all gold with the red, or I'm sorry, with the um, silver leg, and the the Target version or the regular retail version is the stupid version from Rogue One that has the, or I'm sorry, from The Force Awakens with the red arm, which I think is kind of the a, a substandard version of the of the figure. So, uh, wanted to get your thoughts on that and just that line in general. There have been, I think, some pretty cool figures that have come out. Uh, there's been a Darth Revan figure that's that's pretty badass. Uh, and and that's where this voicemail cut off. Oh, <laughs> I guess the stripper came back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, just let anyone know, uh, when you do call and leave a voicemail, I think it's a three minute, uh, cutoff point. Uh, but you're welcome to always call back and continue whatever you were going to say. Uh, Chewie did not. Uh, I guess he figured he got his point across. Um, now, John, you don't have any of the Black Series figures, correct? I, I do not. I don't have any, I haven't bought any figures of any. Uh, yeah, you know, I bet the last figure I bought was probably a, a Dollar General Joe. Okay. So, so I have, I have tried to be all in with the series. Uh, the problem is that they've been so much released that, uh, it's been tough. And there was times where I had ordered some figures and then the place I ordered it from didn't get them. So they canceled them. And so like, there's some figures I never got that I, thought I was going to get, which kind of deterred me from getting some of the other ones then, because I was like, well, crap, i got to go back and get these ones. So, like, Bausch Leia and IG-88, uh, I never got, uh, I never got, like, a regular clone wo- clone trooper, a plain clone trooper. I got some of the color versions, but just the plain white one. So, there was, like, certain things like that that happened kind of early on that I was like, oh, crap, well, I'm probably not going to get all of these now, but... I'm still trying to get all of them. Uh, it's tough because again, they put out so many. Um, like the, and then there's some that are just tough to find. Like some people that are listening might find these very easy in their area, but like in the area I'm at, like the Luke with the Wampa never surfaced in any of the stores near me. Um, so, but the Han with the Tauntaun did. Uh, so I got that one really easily, but I couldn't find the Luke with the Wampa figure. Now, right in front of me right now, I can tell you I've got K2SO, Jin Erso, uh, Death Trooper, uh, the Tank Trooper, uh, a Shadow Trooper, Cassian Andor, Kanan, and Ahsoka the, of the Black Series all standing right in front of me right now. So, so yeah, I've got quite a few of them. <laughs> and, uh, the, the one thing that did bother me this year too was like last, last couple years I've gotten the San Diego Comic-Con exclusives. I got the, the Boba Fett with the Han and Carbonite. I got the Jabba the Hutt that came in like the, this box that when you open it up, it looks like his throne room. And, it, and it's the only way you get the salacious crumb figure to go with Jabba is if you got the San Diego Comic-Con version. Um, but this year for there, this, I should say last year's for San Diego Comic-Con, they had three figures 
as exclusives. And I'm like, that makes it really impossible for me to get all of them. Uh, one was Obi-Wan Kenobi with the uh, old Obi-Wan Kenobi with the table and the hologram of Leia. And I guess it talks and everything too. Um, there's, there was a Jin Erso there as well that had like some other stuff you could put on her. And then there was a Kylo Ren, a, a maskless Kylo Ren that came with a Vader helmet, the charred up Vader helmet. Um, and those exclusives come with little accessories like that that you can only get if you get those exclusives. Well, I didn't get any of those this year uh, or last year. So um, so I'm still trying to get all of them. The Darth Revan figure, which was a fan uh, choice figure, uh, looks awesome. I saw it actually at Wizard World. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw it and I almost bought it. They had it for $70, though, and I'm like, that's a lot for that figure. I felt like I could probably find it cheaper at another convention. That was another problem with Wizard World was uh, because you you mentioned it with the table prices being so much, a lot of retailers were marking up the prices of their stuff from what you would see at another convention. So, um, so yeah, so that figure was really cool to see. It looks badass. Uh, I want to get it, but I, I don't have it yet. Now, the one thing that they are doing, and John, you might really like this. I'm not saying you'll buy any of them, but you might really like this if you haven't seen this. They are about to release for the 40th anniversary. I think it's going to be later this, like maybe summer or something like that, probably right around the time of the movie when the original Star Wars movie came out in May. Um, they're going to do the first... Uh, I think it was 12 figures or whatever. Uh, yeah, with the stand and stuff, right? Yes, with the stand and everything. I saw some, I read, a, I read about that. That's yeah. really, really cool. And the, they're gonna come, they're gonna be the six inch figures and they're gonna come on the card stock like as if they were the vintage figures. Yeah, that's great. So that looks amazing. Uh, and some of those figures have never been released before yet in the Black Series line. So you've got, uh, like the Sand Trooper. Uh, or the, yeah, the, the Tusken Raider, basically, sand, not the Sand Trooper, but the Tusken Raider, which is the Sand People figure, uh, the Jawa, uh, the Death, uh, Death Star Gunner. Um, so those figures have never been released before, and they're gonna be released in this, this wave of figures, and I'm like, wow, that would be, and those are the type of figures, like, I'm typically one that opens up all my figures. Those would be ones I would leave on the card, because they just look awesome, so. So, uh, uh, so no, Chewy, I am not all in right now in the sense that I do not have all of them, but I am all in in the sense that I would like to get all of them. <laughs> um, I have quite a few of them though at this point. So, uh, there's probably like about 10 figures that I don't have that I want to get. So, uh, there is, uh, by the way, John, a, uh, a Chirrut, uh, figure. So, uh, Donnie Yen figure. Well, I and hope it's, it's better than the other one because the Popeye that you got me is cool, but that figure sucked. Yeah, the, no, four inch was just not good. From what I saw of it, it looks significantly better than what you uh, <laughs> what you experienced. So, well, I, you may not agree with me, but I thought that four inch figure sucked. I was so just because I was gonna buy one and maybe get oh, him I, in base Malbus, and I was like, nah, I can't yeah, now. No. No, I totally agree. I, I don't think the, the four inch figure, and that's been the case with some of the four inch figures. Like Chuck is told, I can tell you for a fact, Chuck is totally into the, the three and three quarter of the four inch figures again. Uh, that he really hasn't, he stopped getting a lot of the, the black series figures. He's going total like vintage and then he's getting the, uh, that size figures to continue everything that he has. So he's like 
all in when it comes to that type of stuff. He actually wants to get a complete collection of all the vintage figures, too. Um, so he stopped with the Black Series figures, but him and I were talking, and he was like, yeah, some of the some of the four inch figures, the sculpts don't look that great. Uh, there's a there's one Jin Urso that looks really good, and then there's a Jin Urso that came out when the movie first came out that doesn't look so good. So, um, and by the way, uh, if anyone doesn't know this, you probably should know this, but if you don't, uh, Rogue One is out already now digitally, and then the Blu-ray will come out on April fourth. So, just to throw that out there. Um, so you ready to talk some Micronauts, John? I, I, I am ready. Cool. Cool. Uh, so just full disclosure to our listeners there. Uh, I did some house cleaning at, at my home, uh, kind of surprisingly tried to organize everything, at least kind of clean up some stuff. And I could not find my Micronauts issues. Uh, I know I have them. I just have to find what stack I put them in. And uh, so I was able to find the issue. We're going to be covering issue three. Uh, and I was able to find it uh, online. Uh, so I'm going with an online issue, which does not have the ads in it. John, you have the actual issue, though, in front of you, correct? I have the actual issue sitting here fresh out of the bag and bored. And nice. I read, read it, caught up on it before we uh, started recording. Nice. So, uh, so you can fill us in with any interesting ads that you see. Obviously, sure. your your opinions on the story as well. But uh, you can certainly fill us in on uh, some different ads and and notices that are inside the actual issue. So, um, so this came out in 1978. Uh, this is issue three, and it's known as Death Duel at Daytona Beach. First off, John, the cover of this one again to me is awesome. Uh, sure, you got you got little ships flying. You got space glider, and, or you know, ran Arcturus ran, and, and a courier out, and then people kind of scurrying away. And of course, I when I remember reading this, going back and reading it, and having been a NASCAR fan for a while, I, you know, I thought, of course, you know, got to see something with Day, you know with Daytona racetrack in it. So that right. comes up a little later. But yeah, this uh, this cover definitely gives you an indication of what's going to happen inside. Yeah. That was the thing I noticed with this, too, is, once again, comics back then, most of the time what you saw on the cover was an indication of what you were going to see in the issue. Whereas nowadays, sometimes it's just like, here's the pinup of that character and doesn't really tell you much of what's going to happen inside. So um, so going in, going into the first page now, I don't have, uh, they did not list on my online version, so hopefully you can fill us in here the credits as far as who is accredited for this issue. Sure. So this is, uh, I think this is the first time, uh, trying to remember, but with, uh, Mantlo and Golden, Bill Mantlo and Michael Golden, this is where they get storyteller credits as opposed to just writer and artist. Uh, you've got Bill Mantlo, Michael Golden, Joseph Rubenstein, looks like he probably did some finishes. Al Milgram's the editor. Shooter was the editor in chief. And then (laughs) it's interesting because the, the, Colorist and letterer are at the bottom of the page. They're not at the header with everybody else. Uh, John Costanza on letters and Carl Safford on colors. Nice, nice. Uh, and this issue picks up right where the last one left off, uh, which is we've got Steve Coffin in his backyard uh, 
after all the Micronauts were there and uh, they're fighting Shaitan or Shaitan, however you say it, and uh, they there's explosions that happened and uh, all of a sudden his dad comes out. Steve's dad comes out and is like, you know, what'd you do to the backyard? And of course, Steve is like, uh, he doesn't really know how to respond because he, I don't think he really processes what happened to him. <laughs> right. Uh, and then, uh, he's trying to explain everything to his dad about there being some spaceships and from, uh, like these little people that were attacked and there was ray guns and, uh, poor Muffin. Uh, Muffin's not moving. Uh, and if you remember from the last issue, uh, which I know has been a while, but the last issue, uh, Muffin was around when a big explosion happened. <laughs> and, uh, Steve tells us that, uh, she's just stunned, but, uh, I don't see Muffin moving. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we get Bug, who is without his helmet on, uh, and, uh, he's, in the grass, you know, he's been left behind. Uh, he, he's been left behind. He's doesn't know what kind of what happened. Uh, he's like, what hit me? Uh, and then Steve is trying to explain to his dad some more like, you know, uh, dad, why don't you believe me? Because he thinks his dad thinks he's lying. Uh, then his dad steps on one of the ships that the Micronauts were battling against, uh, that had crash landed. And, uh, his dad just thinks it's some uh, some kind of model or toy or something like that. So he <laughs> scoops it up to take it into the house. Well, he, then he sees though he sees the little people or you know yeah. he, it says Ray Ray Coffin sees the limp figure twisted in the tiny cockpit and he knows it's not a toy. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So he takes it in the house and all of a sudden the. Uh, we get popped right over Daytona Beach. Yep. Looks like the uh, the Micronauts uh, jumped out of, uh, they've warped into real space, as they call it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we got, it's uh, uh, two miles west is uh, Daytona Beach in Orlando. Uh, and their Micronauts are, are flying in their, it's uh, the Endeavor, correct? That's their ship. Yes. And uh, they're, they're flying there and, they realize that the their detectors are not must not be so silent because uh, they are, have been caught up by uh, Shaitan uh, and his ship of, and guys, and they're going to fire torpedoes at them, or he orders for tor- torpedoes to fire be fired at them. Um, I liked uh, the one line again. I always I think one of the things I gravitated towards with this when it came out was it there was a lot of various. Star Wars feels to different things here. And one of the things was, oh, what a bother is what Microtron says. And it <laughs> yes. reminded me of something C-3PO would say. Well, like I said, this is this, this, as I was reading it, rereading it tonight, this is really the issue where I feel like you start to get that Star Wars vibe yeah. and, 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 and that there's a humor that starts to get injected that, that you pick up on that I pick yeah. up anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, then we see uh, there's a battle happening over the highway, and uh, this one lady happens to know, like, most of it's unnoticed by the drivers uh, because they're so small. All the, the spaceships are small, but this one lady does notice, 
And all of a sudden an explosion happens and the, the guy, the driver that the woman was sitting in the car with, he goes veering off and that causes a semi to veer off. And he's like, what are you drunk or something? And, uh, this is detected by a local, uh, military base. It looks like. And, uh, they think that they don't know what to make of it. They're like, is it pilot, uh, drones that are, uh, out there pilotless, uh, cruise missiles. <clears throat> and this is before, this is years and decades before drones were like, I mean, they're really big now. To- yeah. You know, I, I wondered about that too. And it's actually, it's Cape Canaveral. If you, the building oh, okay. on the page, so you can tell by the building there and there is a rocket, but uh, I went to, Cape Canaveral years ago as a kid, but right. yeah, it's Cape Canaveral. But yeah, I, when I was reading that tonight, I thought drones. I don't remember hearing about drones, and I don't, I don't recall reading this when I read it in the eighties. I don't remember that, but yeah, it is amazing to think they were talking about it thirty-five years ago. Right, exactly. Um, so they send, they scramble out some uh, fighters, and they're like, "What are we looking for?" And it's like something that's small, fast, and fifteen feet off the ground. So. Um, then we, uh, going on to the next page there, we have uh, a battle happening over a Pepsi sign. At the uh, racetrack, no less. Yes. Speedway. Yes. And uh, I love the the fact of having the product placement in there, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wondered about that. At that time, I, I want, you know, was Pepsi paying? I mean, now I can't imagine. Oh, yeah, that would never if, happen. If our pals are, were drawing something with IDW, there's no way they put in that actual logo. I mean, we, we know that firsthand what stuff, oh, we yeah. weak stuff to look a little different, but yeah, I, I got a kick out of that when I saw that tonight. Well, and, and I remember this being a thing too, uh, back then was, cause this happened with transformers also was back then a lot of the products that were out there, whether it be Pepsi or whether it be like Ford or something like that, we're totally fine with you using their brand as long as it was done in a positive way, which obviously this is a comic. So it's a, you know, Hey, it's a fun adventure and, and fight and everything else. And, uh, people see our name there. They're going to, you know, they're picking up this comic for enjoyment. They're going to see our name. Um, but that was the thing with the transformers too, was like all those companies didn't like Volkswagen, all that didn't care that they were, that transformers were using their vehicles because to them that was free advertising. Um, whereas nowadays that's been one of the problems is that they want to use this vehicle or that vehicle to make even just the toy again. And they have to get the rights from the manufacturers because there's all these laws in place now. And some of them want, well, I want my cut into it, you know, into it. If you're going to make this toy or you're going to use this likeness and things like that. So I don't know. It was, I think it was a simpler time back then where they just said, well, look, that's, positive product placement and it's not costing us anything so less of my, less, li- of my soapbox lit- there well a litigious time <laughs> yeah. and i don't think people really understood some of that property in or, you know, ip they just didn't didn't think about it necessarily like they would now for sure yeah to your point it looked positive but now they'd say oh if it's published 20 years from now pepsi still wants a cut of the yeah. Want something to, rem- to remember you by. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so then uh, we find out that the uh, the rear deflectors were breached, in, and uh, Ron asks Microtron if he can uh, man a thorium gun, and he's like, absolutely. 
So uh, Marionette uh, says that, you know, we don't have the type of firepower to go up against that ship, so, you know, what should we do? Uh, so, of course, uh, Croyer, uh, who in this comic, again, it's kind of like I re- relate to things now to what was happening then. But a Croyer in this issue especially reminds me a lot of Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where he's just yep, angry I- and he wants his revenge, yeah. So uh, so he's just like, uh, you know, let's we have, you know, the, the glider glider packs and we can go out there and we can uh take the offensive on them. So uh Ron thinks that's a good actress Ron thinks that's a good idea. And then John, I know you had to love the last panel on this. Well I, I liked what yeah, the last panel's awesome because it's it, you got uh Microtron upside down and his text box is upside down, which is Michael Golden genius, but I love the line before where, you know, Ron says Biotron, and Biotron says, I know, pilot the ship while you hog all the glory. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> he that says, is... right. <laughs> Microton and the princess will man the guns. Come on now. that you, oh, you don't Oh, it's brilliant. Star Wars, it's hilarious. It is absolutely brilliant. So, um, yeah, and, and again, like you are saying, like this is the issue where we're starting to really get a feel for these characters, and we're starting to get, like, a lot of their personality and everything else is starting to come out. So, um, so going on to the next page. Well, so uh, the next page is ads. I got to mention the ad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go one, they're both hilarious, but one is a full splash Shogun warriors. Nice. Of course, big old, beautiful three warriors. Anyway, so that's one page. And the other one is full color poster spectacular. And all the posters are black and white on the page. <laughs> So you got the the McNichols kids, Peter and Christy, Coneheads, Farrah Fawcett, uh, Cheryl Ladd, a Kiss collage with the original four guys, Linda Carter, and Susan Anton. And like I said, it's this it's these posters, and they're the, the McNichols and the Cheryl Ladd are life size, twenty four by seventy two. Wow. And they cost uh, four dollars in, in nineteen seventy nine. The uh, other ones were only two dollars and fifty cents a piece, but um, yeah, I just the I just cracked up when I saw because I loved it. It's <laughs> color, and they're all black and white. <laughs> that's just, fantastic! That's hilarious! That is awesome. Getting so back to the story. <laughs> back to the story. Uh, so we have uh, the in- endeavor has uh, is shooting back. Uh, Shayton is uh, is realizing that maybe they're more of a challenge than he first thought. Uh, and his he commands for his ship to split off. So basically, it's his ship does a reverse Voltron, and it becomes six different ships, and uh, they're attacking, and that's when they uh, the people, the Micronauts realize that, you know, they might be able to take on one ship, but taking on six is probably going to prove to be a bit difficult. So they decide to head down to the mountainous area below, which is actually just a skate park. Skateboard park. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have uh, the ships flying in between all these skateboarders, and uh, they're, of course, noticing them. Uh, they're like, what the heck's going on? So, but uh, they saw, uh, the Endeavor saw it as a strate- strategic move. Uh, we have uh, on the next page a Croyer jumps out of the uh, Endeavor on it with his jetpack and he's got his uh, energy blade 
and he slices through one of the uh, the ships like like butter, basically. <laughs> yeah, he he's got that energy blade, and yeah, he just slices that thing all up. Shrack. Yeah, I love that sound yeah. effect. But yeah, he's oh yeah, it up and he, yeah, he's yelling about you. Tell my brother what a punk he is, and. <laughs> Then we got Arcturus. He goes uh, shooting out too, and he's like, "I wouldn't want a courier to be uh, mad at me." <laughs> so uh, then we have uh, Marionette back in the sh- uh, in the ship, uh, Princess Marie, as she's being known right now. Uh, but she, uh, the time traveler, shows up again. And uh, well, I, I think we ought to step back and, and, and I her. Uh, oh her, yeah! Her oh yeah! Are, are just wow. So <laughs> Ron entrusted me with the thormium, thormium gun without questioning, once questioning my ability. I like that in a man. In fact, I like almost everything about that man. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like this, in this pursuit, this, this, uh, this underlying sexual tension right. <laughs> gets picked up again later. But I, oh, I, just, I was going to say point, that gets picked up again. Yeah, for well, sure. So funny. And then, yeah, with the, Time and she's thinking about it, and all of a sudden it's oh there's the time traveler. So. Yeah, <laughs> no time no time to think about Arcturus anymore. No no time for love, Doctor Jones. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the the time traveler looks a little bit like clearer in this one than we've seen in past issues. Um, you can make a little bit more of his features out and everything else. Yeah, so. yeah, he's not as spectral looking. Yeah. Uh, and somehow he just knows what to do. Uh, he, he just knows that there's a tracking device on the, sh- the ship, which we'll get, we'll mention a little later because I just found it interesting how, they, what they do when they find the tracking device. Um, so, uh, he's like, Baron Carson now knows that there's other universes. Uh, and how do you think he's going to react to that news? Um, moving on to the next page, we actually do get Baron Carza. Uh, so kind of, Jumps there. At least I, I assume it was correct on the online version. It does go right to Baron Carza, correct? There's an there's an ad, and I do want to say very quickly, one of the ads is for Battlestar Galactica toys, and I looked at it, and I had all of them. Nice. Bad because I wish I still had them. They, yeah. There was a Cylon Raider and the um, original uh, uh, Colonial Viper, and then there were the the Stellar Probe and the Scarab. I don't know if you nice. remember those. Yeah, but I and according to this, the uh, the silent the Raider and the the Viper cost eight ninety five, and the uh, the other to the Probe and the Scarab were twelve ninety five. At least that's what they cost in the mail. But nice. yeah, I looked at all those, and I was like, oh man, I had all that, and those were to- those were great toys. So oh yeah, I had the uh, I had the Cylon. I had the I don't remember what he was even called, but it was like he had the giant purple mind head thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then I had the little dog. I can't I can't remember his name Moffat. right now. Moffat. What was it? Moffat. But these Moffat, yeah. these were the ships though that were the figures in them were tiny. They were oh, what, okay. inch and a quarter. I mean they were little tiny the, the, they really were for the ships were pro, you know the I don't know probably 6 8 inches t- long. I mean they they yeah. were but the little tiny figures I mean they were they were, you know, little. They basically had legs that swung back and forth to fit them into the ship. Nice. But nice. they were, like I said, I and you could, you could actually interchange the parts on the scarab and the probe, and like pull pull out one cockpit and like slot it into the other. And of course, then the little kid choked on one of the uh, 
firing missiles, I think on the side, on the Raider, I think. And that's why we don't have a rocket firing Boba Fett. But, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry the kid died. That's very sad. But yeah, those, those little tiny red missiles were gosh, yeah. what, two inches long, maybe. I mean, yeah, I, I get, you know, in hindsight, I get why, but, uh, sure. Anyway, so. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, going yeah. into the, uh, the story here, we, we're back at, uh, at, uh, Micronauts or, uh, on, uh, the Microverse homeworld, uh, which has, uh, Baron Karza is there. And, uh, he's talking about, uh, his patients who have paid to keep their bodies going for, uh, years and years. And he actually refers to, uh, a patient that's coming in who he has known well for over 900 years. And even though the movie had not come out, so no one knew how old Yoda was, uh, I couldn't help now look back and realize 900-year <laughs> connection there. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. That's, but that's when 900-year-old you reach, look as good, you will not. Um, so, uh, But it's Duchess Belladonna, uh, and she came in, and evidently she had paid for uh, Princess Marie's body, so this way she could be transferred into her body. And, uh, and of course, Baron Karza has to explain that, well, we don't have her. Uh, there's been complications. And, uh, he says, all we do have is her brother. And she says, well, I'll, I'll take him then. So evidently, Duchess Belladonna doesn't care if she's a man or a woman. <laughs> just, she just wants a young body. She can't be picky at this point. And he says, no, I have a special experiment in mind for, for him. So. Uh, very ominous, and that's really the last we see of uh, Baron Karza as far as things yes. that are going back in the yeah. microverse. So, um, Daytona Beach—we're back at Daytona Beach, Florida, and uh, we have the pilots flying over, and they don't see anything. They're like, "I don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing here." Uh, they get a report that the there's two UFOs, and they're about five miles from their present position. So go check it out. Uh, which is where, again, we are back at the action at the skateboard park. <laughs> uh, it's Speedway Skateboard Circus. Uh, and uh, a Croyer is doing his thing of jumping onto ships and slashing them apart. Yeah, man, he rips the, he rips the damn window or I don't, I guess it's like the bubble, whatever it is, man, he rips that thing right off and is screaming yeah. at that guy Yeah, it, who starts asking for mercy. Like that's the best. He's like, <laughs> this guy's going to kill me. So you know, please give me mercy. Yeah. <laughs> please give me mercy. And, and, and guess what? Back in that day, no, you didn't have to give him mercy. <laughs> so, uh, he, uh, tells him why he shall not receive mercy. And, uh, Flies the uh, flies it right into the manager's shed or shack of the place, uh, where the manager's on the phone trying to get the police on there, and he's trying to convince him he's not drunk. That there's, he's these drunk? Little... <laughs> <laughs> there's these little spaceships flying around, and uh, he screams out as they come crashing through the window there. Uh, then we had a skateboarder who's caught in the middle between Arcturus Ron and uh, a couple of the fighters there. And uh, Arcturus Ron tells him, you got to get out of here, son. And uh, the uh, and we have a little bit more of the um, uh, time traveler giving advice to Marie, saying, you know, you, you can actually save Arcturus Ron. And she's like, right. And she's like, uh, Microtron, link your gun with mine. 
And uh, Microtron, of course, is still upside down, and so is his uh, wording again. <laughs> so uh, they fire together, and they're able to take out one of the fighters. And uh, this is when we revisit, I oh, believe. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> so uh, we have our tourist Ron saying, she's one hell of a girl. Uh, he says, forget your age, Ron, because... And they remind you that he has been, uh, he's a thousand years old because he's been, <laughs> he's, he's been in, uh, hibernation sleep for, uh, a thousand years. So As the editor note has to tell us. Yes, exactly. Uh, so he, he is a lot older. He's, uh, he, you know, hopefully Marie is into older men. So, <laughs> and, uh, there is a, a ricochet that happens when he fires at one of the uh, wing fighters energy pods and it knocks one of the uh, skaters off of his skateboard. Um, and uh, Arturus Ryan gets back into the endeavor and says uh, to notify a Croyer, which that was again, like we've talked about it in the early issue, the early first two issues. Uh, it gets confusing sometimes because it's, it's a Croyer is one of the micronauts, but then you also have all the other Flyers uh, that work for Baron Carza are the Acroyers. But I just thought it was so funny. He says, "Tell him to get his butt back here." <laughs> and, and Biotron, I assume it's Biotron, says, "I yeah. did, sir." He refused. Right, exactly. <laughs> had a score to settle. And then uh-huh. tied into that whole thing, uh, kind of just bit, bit of mouthiness there, um, is the pilots decide to break away because they can't find anything, and oh, once. Uh, oh. Wait before we get there because we got we got four pages here. Oh, so there's an ad page. Then there's this gorgeous, sp- bo- well as they call a bonus poster of Baron Carza done by ah. Rubenstein, and it's a full body of him with his legs, and then there's a kind of an inset of him with his horse body. Yes, so that's really really cool. And wow. then the next page you can get pizzazz uh, from Marvel, and then. Nice. We could uh, have become draftsmen uh, and with <laughs> gotten a good job in drafting for, let's see, uh, how much – well, I can't tell how much it costs. But anyway, we basically could have gotten into the draft, drafting uh, business, taken three classes or something with this free kit. So – Nice. Yes, I'm sorry. So yeah, back back to so, your record. so so take so take hey, take up a trade, people. That's what we're well, saying. Could have taken up a trade then and 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 sent it in, and you know it's a shame because comic book ads are just not nearly as cool as they were. But no, no, not at all. It's another story <laughs> for another day. So the pilots, though. So yeah, so the pilots are leaving, and the one, of course, uh, because this issue is all about attitude. Uh, one of the pilots says, we're coming home, uh, Cape, and the moron whose idea of a joke this was better not be there when we get back. <laughs> <laughs> um, the police are arriving on the scene, uh, and they're still thinking they're dealing with a drunk. So they're like, remember, we're dealing with a drunk, so just take it easy. <laughs> and uh, we have Arcturus Ron on the uh, ship, and he says, uh, great shooting, kid. Uh, you saved yeah. my skin. <laughs> And all I can think of is great, great shot, kid. That was one in a million. Uh, yeah. Uh. Um, and of course, uh, Marie's like, "What do you mean, kid?" And she's, he's like, "Later." <laughs> like very dismissive. <laughs> um, and uh, 
So uh, the Voltron uh, ships are all forming back together for Shaitan, and his uh, he only has two of them left now, though. And uh, he's telling to to go after them. Uh, however, there's a uh, a barrier in front of them, and the barrier in front of them is, of course, a Croyer, who, like I said, is acting very much like Drax, and uh, he's deciding he's going up against them himself. And he and does the most baller move in the whole book right here. <laughs> he does. He just, like, kicks the ship. <laughs> he kicks it and stops it midair. Yes. He stopped there, us. We're at full three speed, and he kicked it. That's why he's the prince of these people, man. He kicked the shit out of the ship and stopped it. Exactly. Yeah, and they're, like, going warp and everything, and, like, they can't get him to – they can't move. <laughs> so – um. He's like, now see if, uh, Arcturus friend's like, now see if Recorder will come back. And he's like, you responded affirmative, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and then I love, uh, the line from Microtron when, uh, Recorder gets on the ship and he goes, he goes, a good fight, a eh, little one. And Microtron's like, you bet your mightiness. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can't make this stuff up. Well, I guess you can make this stuff up because it was all made up back then, but <laughs> that's right. Bill Mantlo was thinking all this stuff up, but yes, it's right. Right. So, uh, so they they decide that they're going to uh, decide what to do next because uh, Shayton left in through warp uh, drive and everything else. So, uh, what they decided to do is they're going to go back to uh, look for Bug. But before that, they found where the tracker was, and I like how like this tracker is on there, and they were able to just like spit it out, <laughs> like like. Yeah, it, it it was in a very convenient place where we were able to just dump it out, no problem. So, <laughs> um, and the cop just as they're leaving, uh, so all the action has happened. And of course, that's when the cops arrive, and uh, they're going to. Uh, one guy says, "Bring the breathalyzer." So, uh, we didn't have breathalyzers yet, I guess. Right? I guess so, not. Yeah, <laughs> they had breathalyzers. <laughs> But you know, before we get too far, so when they throw they throw the little they they get rid of the tracer, and one of the skateboarders says, "I swear it looks like it says that crazy ho model starship is moving off." Yeah, and I'm assuming that's H O model, kind of like you yeah. know, I mean that's yeah. what it means. I was, but I'm like that crazy ho model. I'm like, okay, yeah, I know that's not right. <laughs> Hey, you never know though. Because <laughs> when the, when the HO isn't that like a model train it's thing? A size, it's the size it, of train, it, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, it, that's better than well, yeah. I learned that from Sheldon on Big Bang Theory. So well, this this is a family show, so we're going to assume it's not a home model. <laughs> it's HO, but uh, I, mean, I don't yeah. know how much of a family show we are, but okay. <laughs> well, we get a few panels later that make you kind of wonder. Maybe it is. <laughs> uh, you know, the opportunity that somebody might be getting it on later, but, uh, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have, uh, Marie's like commander. You were away from homeworld in space for all those years. You don't know Karza. Uh, we find out that, uh, Karza killed her parents. And, uh, once he finds out that there's another universe, he's already taken over the microverse. He's going to, uh, take over this world as well. Uh, Arcturus Ron points out that, uh, uh, he killed his parents as well, uh, from what he understands, what he's been told. Uh, but we're barely keeping the shift, uh, aloft. So we have to figure out what we're going to do. And like I said, they all decide they're going to go back to Steve Coffin's backyard and look for a bug. And, uh, 
evidently, once they get close to the place, uh, they will be able to pick up uh, bugs in insectivorid brainwaves. Uh, so they should be able to find them no problem. Um, then we have uh, back, we're back at the Steve Coffin residence and uh, Bug realizes that they all went inside and that uh, it must be some type of nest of some sort. Uh, he sees that Steve's father is on the phone and uh, is talking to someone and it's uh, he's asking for a director, so I can only assume it's a, a director. Uh, well, we know it's a director at some institute, which is, I assume it's going to be Cape Canaveral again, because uh, he mentions Cape uh, as well. And uh, Bug notices the stuff that's in the box is the little uh, little ship with the other uh, the uh, Baron Cars' men, and. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, Steve's father definitely knows he has something that is uh, worth getting other people involved in. So, but it's almost it's interesting too because you know there's a mention of the I guess that uh, Steve's mom had died and so he'd had an active imagination and it's yes. almost like he's like, well, my okay, so how do I get my kids some help? But oh, by the way, we got this crazy thing right. you got to see. He had some kind of close encounter. So yeah, it's interesting too because it's like. Uh, and and you see it sometimes nowadays as well, but like they can really kind of flesh the characters out a little bit by just giving you know throwing in little lines like that that help you understand who these characters are. And these aren't exactly characters we see through the whole rest of the series or anything like that. But um, but you know yeah you get you know Steve is fleshed out a little bit more there. So um, uh, then we have uh, we're back at the Speedway Skateboard Circus place. And we have, uh, the cops are, are saying, like, sure you saw two ships, uh, Martinelli. Are you sure this isn't just some insurance scam you're trying to do? And Martinelli, who looks like someone that would be trying to pull an insurance scam. <laughs> okay. Says, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so he says, uh, I see aliens, uh, this big and all you can say is, and he goes, ah, nuts. <laughs> so I don't know about you. I, when I saw when I looked at the splash, I never saw pictures of him, but I saw there over the years saw several drawings. Doesn't Martinelli look like Al Milgram? Yeah, he's got yeah. that kind of mustache and stuff, and I'm sure that's what Golden was doing was probably drawing him in the book. But that's so, when I looked at, it, I was like, I think that's supposed to be Al Milgram. I don't know, maybe I'm way off there. But those of you that have been reading for a while, and if you remember any, they used to do caricatures and things of some of the you know, writers and editors and such. I swear I think that's what he looks like. Well, and I'm looking at some pictures right now of Al Milgram, uh, and there is a caricature uh, piece that I see that looks, yeah, very much like him, uh, like what we're seeing with Martinelli there. So you might be right on the money there. So, um, but, and then that's, that's all I, that's really all I got for the issue. So, um, and on my digital copy, they did show the, uh, as the last page for me, I know you had it earlier in there, the, uh, bonus poster with Baron Carza and everything. Oh, that's quite so, good. Yeah. My final page is 204 Revolutionary War Soldiers for $2.50. <laughs> and, and a classic Johnson Smith Company ad where, you know, giant eight foot balloons and hypnotism 
stuff and broken bone rubber cast and all that, all that nice. great stuff that even, I don't know about you, but as a kid, I never bought any of these things. I mean, wow. I had whoopee cushions and stuff, but I never bought anything out of the back of a comic book. And I, you know, I always regret that now because again, yeah. you get good stuff anymore. You certainly yeah. couldn't have bought, uh, let's see what, what we got here. You couldn't have bought a, uh, giant snake for two dollars and 49 cents or a stuff <laughs> for two dollars and 49 cents yeah there is a uh there was a book out there though where somebody <laughs> got all of those items and right. like reported on all of them we like, talked about that at baltimore a few years ago didn't we yeah like, yeah three, three or four years ago now yep i i, I do remember that yeah um and yeah i'll have to look up to see if that book is actually out there but i remember i that it 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 was either going to be a Kickstarter or it was already out. Uh, that was a while ago, but I remember talking about that. I want to say it was at a Campbell Con that we, yeah, we were talking about that particular that you know that somebody did have kind of a history of that stuff. So yeah. yeah, like I said, I I really this issue was awesome, and I just kind of going back tonight before and, and getting a chance to read it, I really felt like. So to me, it felt like some of the humor stuff started popping out. And this yeah. is where I really, I could definitely, it, it started getting that Star Wars feel. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And, and, for the, sure. and the, uh, the, the budding potential romance between, uh, yeah. Ron and, uh, Mary. And yeah, it's just, it was, it's, it's great. And if you haven't read this series, it's not, uh, it's not in trades, but you could easily go to, a show probably to 50 cent or dollar bins and pick up many of these back issues. Yeah. Reasonably. And, and it's, it is so worth it. It's again, a toy run, a toy story, a toy comic that is so much better. The toys were fine, but it's, it's just such a great comic. Yeah. Well, and, and I so was hoping, and, and maybe it'll still happen, but I was so was hoping that with IDW getting the rights to Micronauts that they would be able to reprint some of the stuff. And I realize there's a lot of Marvel characters in the Micronaut series. We'll, you know, as it goes on, we'll see that. There'll be various characters that pop up and everything else. But um, I know they've been able to work that out in the past. Like, I know they did that with Transformers, because now they can't, now the reprinted trades of the Marvel run for Transformers has the Spider-Man issue in it, in it and everything oh, else. So, okay. So they have been able to build that relationship, and obviously they've done it through uh, a lot of the artist editions and everything else. So I would love it if, because like you said, none of this is in trade. None of it is. Um, so, you know, I would love it if IDW could just reprint these and just, I mean, I personally, of course, would love a hardcover collection of it, but I'll take a paperback collection of it. So, um because yeah, this is this is one of those great series that you just you know if you don't have the issues, unfortunately it's 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 a shame. Uh, and you can find them; they're they're not hard to find. Um, you might have to go to quite a few various conventions to get the full run, um, but but you can get them relatively most of the issues relatively cheap. Uh, I did see like issue number one at Wizard World, and and I think the price on it was a little ridiculous, but. Um, but it was a graded copy too. So, well, yeah, yeah that, there you go. Yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, I still see them for a dollar. I mean, I, yeah. I, I kind of look through and well, I don't need to need any of them. I always look just to see on the old stuff and, you yeah. know, between ROM and Micronauts, they tend to be in that, you know, dollar range. Yeah. 
you know, and some you can still probably find 50 cents, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, it's worth the investment if you, if you yeah. like a fun story and the, the, again, the art is phenomenal and it, it's certainly, uh, it, it's certainly of its time, but it, yeah. it's, it's really, really good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's one of those things too, like for me, like I said, this was my first comic series where I tried to get every issue. I posted just recently, uh, a Micronauts issue, and I can't remember if it was issue 46 or something like that as part of the Star Joe's cover, comic cover of the day. And that was the first issue I got. So that shows how late in this series I jumped into it. And then I went back and got the other ones. Um, but it was just one of those ones where I just, I would say pick up any issue and just read it and you can actually really enjoy it. And then it'll probably, it's probably gonna make you want to get more. It made me want to get more of them. Um, the only thing I think I have the entire run now, uh, including the annuals and everything. I have to double check on the annuals. I might be missing one of them, but, uh, the one thing I don't have that I need to still find, and these are a little tougher to find is the new adventures I have, which I heard was not as good. Uh, but I have most of the new adventures, but I think there's like one or two issues that I'm missing from that. So I got to track those down. So, um, but yeah, this, like, like we've talked about many times and people have heard us gush over it. Like it is just a really fun series. It's a fun adventure. Uh, we're getting into a lot of the action now. We're seeing their personalities coming out. We're going to get introduced to some more characters, uh, as time goes on. Uh, but you're really going to get a feel for these characters as well. Um, and it's just, it's great because like we talked about first issue, they end up getting to earth, you know, or they leave, you know, they leave the microverse and issue two, they're on earth. Uh, so they don't, they didn't hold anything back on these issues back then. So they, they got right into the stuff that they knew people cared about reading, which was these adventures with these little people on earth. <laughs> so. Um, anything else you wanted to say when it came to Micronauts or anything else you wanted to touch on before we call it a night, John? No, it was, uh, it was fun and we, we need to do it more often. Absolutely. I, always, these are always, uh, entertaining, entertaining reads and conversations for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, well, we definitely have plenty of episodes we need to do this year. Uh, and I want to make sure we get all the way up to issue or episode 199 right before Baltimore. So, uh, one way or another and, and episodes like this, which are a lot of fun to do, uh, are, are certainly a way to get us there because, you know, like you said, we enjoy doing them and, uh, I think the listeners really like them. Uh, I, I want to say probably the next time we do it, uh, we hopefully won't have as much other things to really talk about. Uh, maybe we'll try to cram, I don't want to say cram, but maybe we'll try to get two issues in. Uh, we'll do like issues four and five. So, um, but uh, other than that, uh, John, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you at? Sure. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at John underscore Thurmond. I don't have 40,000 followers yet like Mr. Gallant would make you to believe, but uh, <laughs> but I'm pushing that way. And uh, one thing I, I'm going to ask folks to do, uh, in the month of March, a lot of the big publishers of podcasts, and so – Stitcher, which uh, some of you may listen to us on Stitcher, a lot of the other uh, groups that are out there, they're they're doing a campaign called Tripod hashtag Try Pod. Uh, a million downloads is awesome, and of course, you know Ryan has been doing this 
for a long time and we've got incredible listeners that have been with us since the beginning. And, you know, I've been around for quite a while too, but the podcast community in the bigger picture is still kind of small. And, and it's, it really is a, it's great because I think all of us can agree, you know, we've built these relationships and these bonds that you, you don't, you wouldn't have had otherwise. And, and we have these amazing stories that have come out of them, but but anyway, uh, some of the big publishers of podcasts got together and they're doing this campaign. I, I recognize, you know, we're near the end of March. I'm not sure when this app's going to come out, but even if it's after the end of March, if you're on social media, any, any platform you use, give us a shout out or give your favorite show a shout out and use the hashtag tripod and people are, are tracking that. And it's just an opportunity to kind of spread the word about podcasts. And again, if it's about us, that's awesome. If it's about another show you like, because li- those of you who know me know I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, give those that you like. Uh, just use that hashtag and, and, and learn more about what else is out there. Cool. Uh, I will say that uh, we're recording on a Friday night. Uh, I have every intention of getting this out before the weekend is over. So, uh, so it will definitely be out before the end of March. So you guys will have a chance to kind of help promote this show and other ones that you really enjoy to let people know like hey if you if you like listening to stuff and you have the time to listen to stuff this is stuff worth listening to i have mentioned that to so many people when i tell them i do a podcast and they're like of course you always get there like oh that's neat and then they're like what's a podcast and then you tell them and i'm like there's any topic in the world is out there for you so whether it's shows like what we do uh which is geeky stuff uh or there's shows about like you know your favorite TV show, or you like crafts, or you like um, uh, ex- uh, travel, uh, you know anything. You're into uh, car maintenance or sports or whatever. Uh, there's stuff that's out there. Uh, I know you know people know that I'm from Cleveland. I'm a huge Cavs fan. And the Cavs have just started doing a podcast called, uh, I think it's called The Road Trip or something like that. And they, uh, it's a couple of the Cavs players along with one of the announcers. And they do episodes all the time. And, uh, uh, so it's getting, podcasts are getting noticed a, l- a bit more because I think people are realizing that it's, they're fun to do and you can really reach a, a new audience. And, uh, to your point, John, it can be a little bit more intimate than a lot of other things are because, you know, like you said, we, we've met so many amazing people and we're friends with all of them. And you and I would not be friends if this show didn't exist because we wouldn't have known each other. Um, so it, it really is an awesome thing. So I'm glad that there is a campaign out there like that. I'm going to make sure that I, you know, I don't get to listen to too many podcasts anymore. Uh, but I want to make sure that the ones I do listen to are, are known out there because I think people, uh, those people do a great job and they deserve to have more and more listeners. So, um, as far as our, our fellow co-hosts that are not here, uh, you can just Google them. <laughs> now you can go to slgallant.com and then I believe it's robertatkinsart.com, uh, or dot blogspot.com. But, uh, again, if you Google them, you'll find their stuff. Um, and then, uh, just as far as our stuff goes, uh, you can find Starjoes at starjoes.com. 
You can, uh, where you can listen and download directly from the website. You can also, uh, find us on Facebook. There's a group page and a fan page. Uh, I have really been enjoying and we've been getting a lot of positive feedback. I've really been enjoying every day I post a, uh, Star Joe's comic cover of the day, which is a comic cover to something related to the show. And then an ammo dump cover of the day, which is something not related to the show, but still the comic cover of something that came out in the 80s. So it might be an Action Comics issue that came out in the 80s, or a Batman, or a Spider-Man, or something like that. Um, so that's been a lot of fun, because I get to go look for things that I think just look cool. Um, and uh, also I have a, a YouTube channel. Again, I mentioned earlier that uh, though that'll be starting back up again. Uh, doing comic reviews on there. You'll see my Wizard World review on there. Uh, also going to do a, a box opening. Uh, I got the Smuggler's Bounty box for, uh, which is a Star Wars related, uh, one of those loot crate style boxes. Uh, I just got, uh, my most recent one of that and I did not open it. I am saving it for a video opening so people can see my real reaction and what I actually think of the stuff that comes in it. And uh, so that stuff you can check out on the YouTube channel. Uh, we have merchandise. If you go to StarJoes.com, on the right-hand side, you'll see something that says Star Joe's Merchandise. Click on it, and it'll take you right to the website where you can buy T-shirts, hoodies, uh, coffee mugs, all that fun stuff. Uh, and you can email us, StarJoe'sPodcast at gmail.com, and if you do, we'll read it on the air and respond to it. You can also leave us voicemail like Chewy did. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-J-O-E-S, and we will play it on the air and respond. Please leave us an iTunes review. It helps give more exposure to the show. Uh, we're on Stitcher Radio. We're on just, we're everywhere you can find us. So, uh, with that, I believe that is everything. And if we didn't, and to your point, John, if we didn't get it this time, we'll cover it next time. <laughs> Uh, but with that, we'll go ahead and close the show by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Escape pod landing. Where am I? It's the new Star Wars Land of the Jawas that you put together. Action figures sold separately. You can move the action lever and make the Jawa capture R2-D2. R2? Are you all right? What are they doing to you? You can raise the elevator and make R2-D2 disappear into the sand crawler. Hang on, R2. I'm right behind you. Me too. <laughs> Kenner's new Star Wars Land of the Jawas. Action figures each sold separately.